takes the snap, looking, flips the ball, diving for the pylon, and he's got it! Razzle-dazzle! Touchdown, Houston! And the Texans go in front! Game day is every day. We had a lot of energy, and we brought a lot of spark for this organization. The best is yet to come. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Ball is out. The Texans say they have it, and they do! Now... It's Texans All Access, presented by First Community Credit Union. Hello, Texans. Mark Vandermeer with you in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, which is mobile these days. And these days, it's taken us right to Sports Radio 610. That's right. I'm here at the Digs, where it all started. I feel like Ted Baxter. Dated reference. It all started at a small 5,000-watt radio station in Fresno, California. All right, I'll stop with the dated TV show references. That was from Mary Tyler Moore. I know John McClain, the general from the Houston Chronicle, knew that reference cold. I don't know if John Harris knew it, though. John, oh, you... come all on. All right, you got my Ted Baxter reference. I totally knew who Ted Baxter was. Okay. And by the way, if I didn't know you were going to studio, I would at least come up and join you. and stayed, I would have stayed my six feet away from you. Yeah. But I would at least gone to studio. I mean, Brandon's like, hey, Vandy's in studio. I'm like, what? Oh, man, I would have gone Sorry, up there. sorry. You know, no, I was at the stadium, and I was like, so, because uh, I'm going to the Rockets tonight. Yeah, and I was yeah. thinking, like, do I go home to the to the Hyundai Texans radio studio at home and, you know, come back to the Rockets? Or do yeah. I just come to the station? And I did that. And it's very cool to be up here to see Brandon, like, face-to-face. Yeah. And to see Show and Wade Smith. I mean, seeing Wade Smith just makes me giddy. Yeah. Wade Smith. Yeah, He's you haven't seen me in months. I mean, we you haven't seen me. I feel you like you've know, seen me. I see you on Zoom all the time. Yeah, it's not true. the same thing, but I, I know, feel, and not. I hear your voice. It feels like yeah. we're like our DNA is still spliced together. All right, so let's get the general in here, John McClain. How's it going, General? Are you going to the Rockets game to scout James Harden to see if they can yeah. replace Brandon Dunn? <laughs> Yeah, I see. Yeah, you know, if James yeah. Harden, I, I'm Brandon Dunn. That's Beefy. cold. Okay, listen, yeah. I was thinking Justin Reed, but you're going Brandon Dunn on me with James Harden. I'm going to see it up close and personal. Okay, I want to see uh, how he's looking uh, tonight, physically and mentally, and all of that. But it should be fun. You know, I love the hoops, so this is going to be good stuff. Now, he doesn't look as bad as I do, of course. But when I saw him the other night, he's put on some LBs mm-hmm. and. Uh, Maybe he thinks that'll help him get traded, but it's not going to help him get traded if he doesn't look in shape. And, you know, the Rockets want a superstar, and they want first-round picks, and they want another player, and I don't know if they'll get it, but, uh, you know, Harden, Harden's handled this whole thing terribly. Yep. You know, letting it get out, he wants to be traded, showing up, look like he gained 25 or 30 pounds. And it just, I just, it's not a recipe for the Rockets getting what they want. But I'll say this, Harden's a great player. He obviously has a lot of pride or he wouldn't be as great as he is. And I would imagine if they don't trade him when the regular season begins, he's going to work his tail off to be good. Because, you know, you don't have to trade him before the season. You trade him during the season. I'd be excited to see him work with John Wall like I was fired up to see him work with Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. And even though they didn't work out and they're gone, they were still a lot of fun to watch, and they were still good. All right, I'm going to ask both of you guys this question because when it comes to James Harden, he is uh, polarizing, 
Is that the right word? I think that's a great I, word. I guess, okay, I think he's polarizing. Some people might say uh, I don't like him very much, and especially the way that he's sort of handled this whole situation. So it leads me to this question: What other Houston professional athletes would you say were on the level of James Harden from a polarizing slash I don't care for him very much standpoint? Uh, McGrady was that to a degree, wasn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It's funny how we Waller's, go. Waller's quarterback, Chris Chandler, who was the starter at Steve McNair's first two years. I'd say, no, he wasn't polarizing. Nobody liked him, so that's not polarizing. Was Matt Schaub polarizing? No. Matt, to me, your personality's got to do something with it, not your play. Okay. It's not fair to base it on a guy's performance on the field. Because, but Matt had a, you know, Matt had a great personality and was a great guy. Nobody ever questioned that mm-hmm. until he threw his pick sixes. So no, I don't think he was polarizing. But, but John, prior to 2013, when it all melted down for Matt, and I know 2012 got off or finished terribly for him, but they were still 12 and four, and all that went through the divisional round. Prior to 2013. I felt like not his personality, but his play. Evaluation, was he good or not? Was Matt Schaub a good quarterback? Remember, this very radio station, and I'm, I'm up here right now, and I bet it's in the vault somewhere when a caller said Matt Schaub sucks, and I said, you suck, goodbye. I mean, that's – I wish – I don't know if Brandon can find that. I bet it – I don't know. It's buried somewhere. Yeah, Brandon, find it. But Brandon, find it right – find that right now. And I've got the name for you. I've got the one name that I think, and you okay. guys are on the right position, mm-hmm. Brock Osweiler. But polarizing, though. I mean, it it went bad. Nobody quickly. liked him. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess it just nobody liked him. I one, guess it goes past past polarizing to nobody liking him. It was right. Antarctica. I mean, look, I really felt like you know it was going to take an adjustment with Brock, and you know, clearly, I said what I said after they beat the Colts that Sunday night game when they came back from two scores yep. down and got the job done in overtime and all that, and it was a good performance by him. Come on. Brock is the only Texans quarterback in history to be undefeated against the Indianapolis Colts as a starter, 2-0. and How about that? I remember the last game at New England. They were within striking distance in the fourth quarter, and he threw two interceptions, mm-hmm. and they got beat. Oh but, boy. yeah, I guess you could say he was polarizing. People had really high hopes for him, and he came in, and, and they did win a playoff game. I don't care if it's over a third-string uh, quarterback. They did win. But, uh, to me, polarizing has to do a lot with your personality, and that's what happened with James Harden. And back to Schaub, Matt was a good quarterback. He and Andre Johnson put up some great numbers, had some great games. At one point, they were right up there behind Reggie Wayne and Peyton Manning for duos, and but they were good. You know, they could move the ball. And uh, I think the greatest pass that I ever saw him throw was in Washington, Andre Johnson in the back of the end zone. Mm. Yeah, it was. There's no uh, – yeah, no doubt. Um, I, and I've been sitting here trying to think, like, there's got to be one – one popped into mind, and it, I, Mark, I think it was before you got here, and I think some people hear the name and go, yeah, I think polarizing probably fits, and that's Derek Bell. I don't know, General, if you remember Derek Bell. Yeah, of course Astros. I do. Derek yeah. Bell was, yeah. Astros. Astros. And Astros probably had some through the years that that were their personalities were hot and cold, but they, they produced. Um, 
And I'm sure I could think of some like Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent was a good player. Jeff Kent was a good player. Yeah. But boy, he 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 angered a lot of people. He hit one of the great home runs in the history of the franchise. He sure did. He I mean, sure did. He, he was uh and he did some things for other franchises too, but Jeff Kent, memorable Astros player. All right, let's get to some stuff here. General, I haven't heard your other appearances this week, full disclosure. So with the debate going on, and this is a sports talk kind of debate, but also a water cooler kind of thing, if there were water cooler gatherings these days because everybody's socially distanced, but Watson and the final three games and should he play or should he sit and all of that, where do you stand on that debate? Well, that's in my column in the Chronicle today and on Texas Sports Nation. And that. I'll tell you what I politely told Landry Locker mm-hmm. and John Lopez mm-hmm. when they were telling me he should be shut down. And I politely said, that is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. And they used an example of RG3 in 2013, the last three games when Mike Shanahan shut him down and said it was because he, to keep him from getting hurt. So I went back and looked it up, and he had blown out two ligaments in the playoffs. He was not right at the start of the season. People said he shouldn't play. He did play. He played. He got hurt some more. He did not play well. He was coming off the only game in his history, college at Baylor or the NFL, where he didn't score a touchdown. So they put him down. It sounds like they put him to sleep, but they put him down. I went back and looked. John Elway, Dan Marino, Drew Brees, they didn't get shut down when they're out of the playoffs, so why should Deshaun Watson? Now, I'll say this about him. I wrote uh, Frank Reich. I quoted him, and, of course, he would love to see him be shut down, and uh, so would the Miami Dolphins. But uh, And then Frank said, no, he didn't think he should, but uh, Watson said he shouldn't in Cornell. But I'll say this. If he gets through these next two games and he's not hurt, when they play the Titans, I would consider the last game. Now, can you imagine if they do that? And that last game against Tennessee Mm. comes down to Tennessee or Indianapolis winning the AFC South, and they put A.J. McCarron out there. You think the Colts are not going to squawk? Yep, they will. But you know what? If they lose Sunday, the Colts do. They're really up against it here. I mean, assuming the Titans win this weekend, because the Titans are done with their divisional games except for the Texans on the final day of the regular season. If the Colts lose Sunday, that's three divisional losses. Titans can do no worse than two. What? You think? (laughs) Come on, General. I'm sorry. You, You saw Chicago, right? Yeah, I did, but this is the Colts. John, Royal Blue inspires greatness, well, up until the two-yard line. No, I'm just kidding about that. But Royal Blue (laughs) can bring out a much better effort of this football team than, uh, you know, Chicago's Navy. I was on with Dan Dackett's talk show host in any day, and he said a lot of people said the Texans quit against the Bears. I said, that's terrible. That's not true. you got to show up before you can quit. And he didn't show up. But, yes, I expect after how that game ended 11 days ago, it'll be a different Texans team. But I tell you what, you lost your nose tackle, you lost your best defensive Mm. back and one of your best players. And I wrote a thing today that on my daily Texans takeaways, one of them was about Anthony Weaver. I feel bad for Anthony. You think about 
when he was in training camp, he thought Roby and Conley were his cornerbacks. He thought, you know, he would have his starters. He's lost seven players now. Roby's suspension, the rest hurt. Whitney Merciless hadn't playing worth a darn. And I, and I, Anthony, you know, maybe they'll want to keep him as defensive line coach, the new coach. But if they don't, he won't have trouble getting a job. And I think he'll be a defensive coordinator again, and maybe he'll have a little better luck. And I still believe he's going to be a head coach. And I just, I feel bad for him to have all this bad luck in your first mm-hmm. season as a play caller. He doesn't have a Deshaun Watson on his side of the ball. General, let me ask, and I'll ask both of you this. And I'm, I'm asking this seriously because I got to thinking about this. I was driving the other day. What's the difference in Anthony Weaver and Mike Vrabel? And, and here's where I'm going with that. In 2017, when, when Vrabes took over, that defense with, you know, Clowney and, and Witt and J.J., you thought, man, this defense is going to be rock solid. And, you know, you knew you had Reader up front and you had some other players. It was funny because I was at my, my cubicle desk today and I had a notebook and I just opened I was like, what did I have in this notebook? And it was from 2017 training camp. And I have listed, the day that we were going to talk to Rick Smith about defensive line, I have listed all the defensive <laughs> linemen I went Oh, my God, that defensive line, holy smokes. Uh, not quite that way anymore. But my, my point in that is Rabel on defense then loses Whitney. He loses Watt. He loses them within, like, five plays of one another. Uh, and then he's basically coaching a hamstrung team for the rest of the year, and then it's mm-hmm. one that's without Deshaun Watson uh, for the last half of the year. Yet, in the year, Rabel gets a Tennessee job, and he's turned into one of the better NFL Head coaches, I agree with you, General. I think Weave's going to be one heck of a head coach whenever he gets the opportunity. But for some reason, the stench of a bad season in 2017 didn't stick to, to Mike Vrabel, first-time play caller. Well, but that's it's going to stick to Anthony Weaver. So I ask well, you, what's the difference? John Robinson, the general manager hiring a position, had worked with mm. Vrabel for years. That's simple. Yeah, I, I think that's but a But there were other point. teams that were interested in Vrabel, though. Good agent. No, I, I don't remember any team was interested in him as a head coach in 2017. They were interested in him as uh, as uh, was the year before. Now, who was it that was going to interview him that didn't? Was it Indy? I think it was Indy. Wow. And uh, when they hired Josh McDaniels, that didn't last long. But it helps if you've got a guy hiring who you worked with for years and knew well. And also, the thing about Mike, People had known Vrabel was going to be a head coach. Ted Johnson was telling me that in 2001 when Mike was playing. said, Vrabes, that guy said, Vrabes, who's that? I'm in the dressing room. I'm in their locker room during, after practice. He pointed to him, and he said, he's going to be a head coach. I said, really? He said, yep, he's got everything it takes. He stays after talking to the coaches, talks to Belichick, talks to Romeo. All those guys. He's going to be head coach. I'll give you another one, Johnny. I'll give you another one. Hold on. Hold on. Revision. Well, I don't say revisionist history, but I just looked it up. I remembered Vrabel having different interviews. He interviewed for the Rams head coaching job. He interviewed for the Lions head coaching job, which makes sense because that's Bob Quinn. So I I get that. And then he interviewed for the Titans head coaching job. So he did interview for other jobs. Now, two of them were connected to people he knew. uh, He knew from the Patriots. But uh, but anyways, I, I understand your point. I just I think it's unfortunate because. I think Anthony's going to get painted with this brush of this Texans defense for this year, and I just, I just don't think it's a fair one. And I think he's going to end up being a great head coach somewhere down the road. So the Rams was prior to 2017, right? Because so prior to 17, 
Yeah, I think wasn't that when McVeigh uh, got there? Oh yeah, you're right. It was so, 2017, January and, 9, 2017. And that's why, well, one of the reasons. I mean, they they promoted him. So to he defensive was a linebackers coach. Yep. So they promoted him uh, to defensive coordinator Vrabel in 2017. Here's the other thing about 2017. It it kind it gives you a buy as a coach of any kind because all right, Watson got hurt after seven games. Twenty three players were on IR, including thirteen stars. NFL record. You could sell that. And I'll give you one other thing that no one's mentioned yet, and this is it. All right, it's 2018, and it wasn't that long before that. Just three years. Hard knocks. Vrabel was a shining star on hard knocks, and everyone said he's a leader. You know, and look, he is. And it showed on that particular series, a lot of great mic'd-up stuff with Vrabel. Now, Anthony doesn't have that benefit of the hard-knock stuff, the mic'd-up stuff, and I think Anthony's going to have a shot at some point too, John. Um, Good for him. He's a real dynamic person. I think it'll come through. He's had a lot of injuries to deal with. It just hasn't worked out in 2020. I hope the new coach, and I wrote a column tomorrow, the perfect blueprint for Cal McNair is the Colts. And mm-hmm. I talked about Chris Ballard and how he paid his dues and Reich paid his dues and how their working relationship is. And I asked Reich about it. And I talked to Romeo because he's worked with two different general managers. And Romeo was terrific talking about how a head coach and general manager, what they got to do to coexist peacefully for the betterment of the team. But uh, Chris Ballard and, and Frank Reich both, are popular with their players, with the fans, the media, respected. Chris Chris is a Galveston native coach or worked as a history teacher at Hitchcock Junior High before he went to coach at Texas A&I. And he lived here forever while he's with the Bears coaching the Southwest, scouting the Southwest. So he paid his dues, and, and he waited till he got turned down offers to wait until he got something he thought was ideal, including a quarterback. And he had Andrew Luck for a while, and that's one reason this is a this is going to be an attractive job because you got Watson, you got your tackles, you got receivers, you need a running back. I wrote about that this week. That should be the biggest priority, even bigger than a cornerback and a pass rusher, because a running back can help keep the defense on the sideline, and you don't need a pick in the first two rounds to get one. And I listed a bunch of the best ones in the NFL taking in the third round down, or James Robinson, third leading rusher in the league, who's an undrafted rookie free agent with Jacksonville. And I think, I hope the new coach has watched Anthony Weaver enough to like what he's done as a defensive line coach. And if they were to hire Matt Eberflus from the Colts, he's going to get a head coaching job. He knows this team better than anybody because he's been going against them twice a year now for since 2018. And so uh, I hope Anthony is a coach who is retained. Well, yeah, we'll if see. he, if he yeah. wants to come back. Yeah, I mean that's a that and that's a great question. I I hope so too because I think Anthony's got a lot to offer, and I think hard knocks with Anthony Weaver on it would have been very interesting. I just I love his personality. I've loved him for a long time, and he's. He is very good on a microphone. So I think he oh, he's as good as any coach I have ever covered in forty four years. He is he's absolutely excellent. You brought it up, General. You brought the name up, and I I think about this a lot when I'm thinking about the division, and I don't think much about the Jags, but I do think about the Jags sometimes. Well, what if they had not gone with Bortles and they would have made a decision on Patrick Mahomes or uh, or Deshaun Watson in that draft or whatever? And then I think about the Colts, and I'm like. 
What would the Colts be like today with a relatively healthy and rehabbed Andrew Luck at quarterback? Oh, no. Well, they'd be a Super Bowl contender. They're mm-hmm. a Super Bowl contender now right? with Phillip Rivers and Andrew Luck. When he was healthy, he's a great quarterback. And so that's why uh, they have Rivers now. The curious people is Rivers, who's 39 now, turned 39 earlier this month, going to be back. Would they go after somebody like, say, if Matthew Stafford became available uh, because they're they're going to they would have to trade up to get a, another quarter a quarterback prospect, but uh, that would have been a it's just like how'd you like lose Deshaun Watson coming in say guys I'm retiring, then you got to start over. Hey, uh, most polarizing player uh, Justin Battle Red Raider on Twitter said Mario Williams. Yes. I mean, we forgot about Slam. this. Yeah, I forgot about Slam. Mario. You're right. That's I mean, a great one, that, Justin. It's, and Clowney, too, is polarizing or yeah. was, yeah, whatever. I mean, was. You, you know what? The uh, There are several interesting, strange facts about this franchise, and one of the ones that I think never or maybe doesn't get discussed enough is that you had two 2-14 two and 14 campaigns in history, and one of those was not the inaugural season. They were 4-12 and 12 that year. But you had two... Two and fourteen campaigns. So you had the number one pick twice based on the worst record. And both times there was no surefire number one quarterback to take. There was no Andrew Luck. There was no Peyton Manning. There was no guy who has to be taken number one, right? At quarterback. You had Mario and both times you had super freak defensive front players. You had Jadevion Clowney and you had Mario Williams. And they were almost too good freakish wise to, is that a good way of putting it? To pass up, right? And it was just, it's just an interesting thing about this franchise to me. Hey, what do you guys think about my idea that the new coach and GM should consider trying to get Clowney back on a one year deal? Because he's not going back to Tennessee. So they have to sign another one year deal. And since he lives there and uh, see if he could stay healthy for a season and do what he did before Bill O'Brien traded him. I think that would be a general. I, I've I've been all about, all wrong, all about Clowney for a long time. Even if it's just impacting the run that a way that he does, it's just a matter of whether he can stay healthy and 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 how what, whatever this injury is, how bad is it, um, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I just think disruption can be production, and I mm-hmm. think Clowney did a lot of that. And yeah, he didn't have the ten, twelve sacks or whatever that number is going to be, but. I, you know, when it got brought back up, I know people would, would tweet to me and say, hey, what do you think of Clowney? I'm like, I've always been about Clowney. I just wasn't and didn't want to pay a huge number for a guy who you knew was not as good a pass rusher as everybody wanted him to be. Yeah. But, yeah, I would absolutely think about it to help this de- – I mean, think about the guys that are not I, – I did this exercise the other day just as I was driving, thinking about – what players from two years ago, just two years ago, are no longer on this defense that left a, a oh, particular boy. stain that you don't have them anymore? Just uh, Kareem, J. Joe, Tyron Matthew, all in the secondary. Andre Hall in the secondary. And then you don't have Broderick McKinney this year because he's injured. And then up front, Reader, Clowney, without those two guys up front. And then other guys that were good in the roles they were in. Christian Covington would come in and give them depth uh, uh, in the middle, and that's not something that they've been able to have. So that 2018 defense had those particular type players, and Clowney was one. And everywhere you go 
And anytime you do an interview outside the city when Clowney was playing here, they would want to know about Clowney. Yeah. They would ask about Clowney, like, hey, man, Clowney's doing this or Clowney's doing that. And it's like, He's yeah. He's a legend. He is. He, yeah. re- he really is. And he definitely is polarizing. But I de- I'd say this. Even though Mario had more, Mario had more sacks, I'd take Clowney. Well, he's one of those and guys. I did, and I didn't even win a playoff game. Wait, with Mario? No, with Clowney in two, and two years ago. No, they, 2018, yeah. No, 2018 no, that year, that, yeah. yeah. But they won one in 16 with him, and he had that big but John pick. was talking about 2000. Yeah, yeah I, know, I, know, I know. I mean, Clown is the kind of guy who uh, does a whole bunch of things that might not show up on the stat sheet, too, but affect the game. There's no question. Like, he one took of those a lot players. of pressure off Watt when he was mm-hmm. on the other side. Yeah, yeah, yep. absolutely. General, what do you have going on in the Chronicle? Well, I have that thing about uh, the blueprint for the Texans organization. Mm-hmm. Aaron Wilson's got a story about Eric Bieniemy, just as a candidate, not the candidate, because he's a hot candidate all over the league. And and I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. I'll be in Indianapolis, and uh, hopefully that performance will be more like the game two weeks ago and not the game Sunday. Hopefully they got that out of their system. Two weeks ago with the finish. Thank you, General. Thank you, guys. Take care and stay safe. Always a pleasure. All right, a lot of polarizing uh, figures. All right, one big one has come in that we totally ignore. Houston Texan polarizing player. Johnny, interesting topic. This is a good, like, off-season topic, but, you know, there are some elements to the off-season going on already here. Uh, So we can dabble. Yeah, we we can can dabble. dabble. We can can mix it all in. It's a big booyah base here as the Texans play the Colts Sunday at noon. It's Texans Radio. Touchdown! Texans Radio continues in a moment. The holidays are full of tradition, but it's time they got a little update. In a brand new Hyundai filled with all the latest technology. And now, during Hyundai Holidays, you'll find big holiday savings on every new Hyundai. Hyundai Holidays. Now get 0% APR for up to 72 months on the 2021 Sonata or up to 2250 cash back. See your local Hyundai dealer, the official car of the Houston Texans. For well-qualified buyers only. Offers end 1421. Call 469-613-0227 for more offer details. Need some insurance? Want some fast, fair claim service? You want 24-7 access to licensed agents online over the phone, holidays, weekends, look no further than GEICO. And you noticed I said insurance. I didn't say just car insurance because GEICO insures motorcycles, boats, RVs, homeowners, renters. They do it all. They do it all with an award-winning mobile app. 97% of their customers are completely satisfied. So go to GEICO. They're who you want to use. They've been around since 1936. GEICO Insurance. Texans All Access, let's gear up with some Papa John's picks for $6. That's right, a variety of items for only $6 each. The Vanderkids are going to love this. Meatballs, chicken poppers, garlic knots, breadsticks, whatever you want. $6 each. Papa John's, no contact delivery available. Papa John's Houston, Houston owned and operated for 25 years. Order online at papajohns.com or on the app. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points, Saturday nights at 10.30 or after the late local news on ABC 13. Brandon Porter producing. I'm in the Sports Radio 610 studios, the Hyundai Texans Radio Portable Studio tonight, and he just turned my mic on. You just turned my mic on. What? that? Look, don't, don't they have to lift a finger anymore here? Like, you turned my mic on for me? You have to understand, Brandon's behind <laughs> double-pane glass here. I mean, it's bulletproof. It's like a Mobile he's in. And uh, I can't believe you turned my mic on. Boy, this studio is so high-tech now. Let me t- – oh, 
Johnny. Well, you saw the old studio that was I, on the other side of the building when uh, people who are no longer here were here, and yeah, I was I there. Mean, I go back even before you, Mark. Back, uh, my first time I was ever in, in Sports Radio 610 was 1997. Mm. So I remember it then, and oh, I think when you got here, it was even different from that. So, Well, when I got here, the, uh, the producer was across the hall. Yes. So you'd literally, yep. literally have people walking down the hall like, I can't see the producer, but no one can hear you because you're behind the thick glass and they're behind the thick glass. And then Jonesy was my producer yeah. and there was light behind him. All I would see is this silhouette. So you couldn't see his face, which it's really important to see the face. So you can just have this sort of, you know, visual yeah. communication. And it right. was just bizarre. It was it was like broadcasting in a broom closet. But those were, were legendary days and. You know, Dick Harmon uh, and Charlie Epps occasionally, but Dick Harmon on Fridays, the late Dick Harmon. Fridays <laughs> Fridays at 8 o'clock. Charlie Casserly at 7 for an hour, followed by the golf hour at 8. That was the Sports Radio 610 Friday morning yep. line. Unbelie- and then me at 9. So there it goes. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that that was that. And was then years, years later, mm-hmm. the Thursday, Thursday mm-hmm. hour, the mm-hmm. 7 to 8 hour was yours truly, followed by oh, yeah. the hour of Mike Ditka. I remember hearing you then. I'm like, this guy is like, he has no life. He just he knows everything about college football. It's creepy almost how much he knows. All right, polarize. you started the show saying I did. polarizing players because we were talking about James Harden, and I'm going to go see him tonight, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, not personally, but like at the game. I figure he's playing unless they're, you know, making a deal right now as we speak. And it's yeah. sad to me, by the way, you know, because he's – Great Houston athlete. You hate to see him go. You'd wish it could all work out somehow, but whatever. Not my business. But we were talking about Mario Williams as a polarizing Texan. I yes. question, is Matt Schaub polarizing? I think the debate on whether he was really good or not was kind of a polarizing thing. Yes. But David Carr himself, oh, the very gosh. first QB, yes. number one pick in the draft, 2002, he was polarizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it didn't start out that way. But – you know, it's expansion team. Everybody understood. Baselli never played. Ryan Young never played at the other tackle spot. We were thinking, all right, give the kid a break. He's a rookie. Then year two, it's like, eh, okay, is it going to happen? Year three, oh, my gosh. Now, they got off to a good start in 2004, year three for David Carr. First half of the season, they were four and three. Gosh, I wish we were four and three at some point this year. <laughs> they were yeah. four and three in 2004, year three of franchise history. But then they slid down from there, ended up finishing 7-9, uh, and nine, which was nice at the time. But anyway, I, I think he was a polarizing guy, Johnny. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're dead on. I think that's exactly um, exactly the kind of guy. I think you, you encapsulated the Schaub one, too. I think he was not – I don't think he. you look at him and go, oh, he was polarizing. I mean, I think everybody kind of went, yeah, yeah, Matt's a good quarterback. You know, when it went off the deep end, okay – I think everybody saw that. I don't think anybody was going, no, he's still good. And the other people were like, no, no, he's not good. I mean, I think it was like, whoa, it's gone off. It's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of gone off the rails. The The one that, I, I mean, I could I could see in some sense because there are so many different adjectives to describe him, but I don't think his play was ever polarizing. I just think he was polarizing – off the field because you there were some people that are like I love Arian Foster mm-hmm. and then there's some people that are like I don't care for him at all but on the field I don't think there was any question about him on the field I think for for Arian um, it was more did you 
you know, did people have an issue with, you know, British Aryan, which we loved it. We thought it was funny, but then there were some people that are like, eh. And then some people would hear Aryan, you know, be short in a press conference or whatever the case might be. And some people like, ah, I don't, I don't care for him entitled athlete, whatever the case might be. But the, but Arian was, especially early in his career, he was very likable to everybody. But at some point, it sort of changed. And I think you could, you could maybe look at him as a polarizing guy off the field. On the field, not at all. I mean, that guy was just a straight baller on the field. So I don't think you could, you could argue with that. But it just strikes me when I you – know, you look at James Harden. Because here's the thing that and, – and Harden, to me, is just kind of a – he's kind of an enigma wrapped in a riddle. I heard my, my wife use that phrase because a mm. long time ago, a headmaster said that to me, that I was that way. I was an enigma wrapped in a riddle. And I was like, hmm, okay. Either way, my wife used that phrase, and I was like, that's kind of hard in some sense. And I think it's that way for, for, uh, for Rockets fans, too, because nationally, people hate him. He's not even polarizing. People just hate him. But, yeah, Rockets fans are like, yeah, well, you know, he produces 50-point triple-doubles. You know, he's an MVP candidate. Like, what do you want him to do? Yeah, he brought the Euro step, um, you know, really made it popular in the game. And he gets a lot of his points from the free throw line. I mean, so, yeah, it's different. But the fans outside the city hate him. Well, now – in the city in which the only place that has cared for Harden, he's now saying, nah, I want to bounce. I'm ready to go. I think he's even gone past polarizing to this point to, mm. I don't say annoying, but it's more, uh, I'm going to wait and see on this before I really kind of dive into being a, a hardened file, if you will, well, on this one. Note, That's the way it kind of feels to me. Note to players who really want to get traded. I think, and look, what do I know? I don't want to get traded. But if I did, if I were a professional athlete wanting to get traded, I would go to my organization and say, I'd really like to get traded. Now, I'm not going to go public with this. In fact, I'm going to be a model citizen because I know you guys want leverage to make the deal, yes. right? You, yes. If, if I force you guys to dump me, well, then it's big a big problem for them. You know, they're not going to want to do that. You want to be model. You want to have model behavior, right. model performance, so you get the best possible price, and that incentivizes, to a degree, the organization to do it. But at the same time, behind the scenes, you're working it. Hey, is it getting done? Is it getting done? Is it getting done? And I don't know. Easier said than done, of course, with something like this. Not my business, like I said, and we'll see. Johnny, I want to get to a couple of things about Sunday because all the talk this week about these final games, especially this game, it's the next one. Here we go. I can tell you this. I've done a couple of appearances in Indy. i got another one tomorrow. And they're concerned. They're concerned about the Texans. They saw what happened two weeks ago. This is a huge game for the Colts. And if I'm Romeo Cornell, if I'm any kind of Texans coach, that's what I'm telling my guys. You guys understand how big a game this is for Indy? That if yeah. they lose this game, they're losing the division. I mean, let's be honest here. They're going to lose the division if they lose this game. And they know it. So you have a chance to do something here that affects the race, that affects the AFC South. You're not winning the division this year, but you can prevent them from doing it. Now, in doing that, you're helping the Titans win, which, <laughs> gosh, Johnny, I mean, this is awful. Yeah, This is like the USA watching World War II and Russia and the German front, and you're like, uh, which one do we want to win this thing, actually? Yeah. Uh, the Russians or the – sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's it, – it, like, pick one. Yeah, I mean, and look, the you know the whole debate about Deshaun and uh, look, Deshaun's gonna play. I mean, he's 
he has said it before, you know, setting a standard for this organization. So are you okay with that, by the way? Because that's that's been a huge thing all day, all week. I I mean, I am, and I I have been. Now, if the game gets out of hand in the late third quarter, mid to late third Mm -hmm. quarter, then like it did the other day, then I would be – I would be okay with Deshaun, you know. Hey, look, we've we, this one's out of hand. We we got We got to get ready for the Bengals next right. week. AJ gets some snaps. Uh, let's let's move on. But you know, these Colts games have no matter what the records are on each side, they've been one score games going all the way back to 2013, minus the playoff game. Every regular season game has been within a one has been one score, and I think that's probably why the Colts fans. Uh, and, and the Colts media are probably a little bit like, because there have been times when they shouldn't have beaten us. And Hasselbeck came in a diaper and beat us. Mm-hmm. And it probably goes the other way, too. There have probably been some times uh, when they definitely should have beaten us. And, you know, we took it to them and ended up getting a W. So uh, no matter who's on the field. So when you have Watson, it's enough to put pressure on anybody. But I, I believe in, in playing. You know, the whole tank. Like, he, what do you – now – Here's what would comp guy. I texted Sean Pendergast the other day. I was driving up to get COVID tested, and they were talking about it. And I said, you know, the one thing that uh, I'm going to watch this Landry Locker. Uh, nobody's talking about guy. What if the Texans had a first round pick? Would you then be sitting to Sean Watson? Uh, now, <laughs> now it gets a, a little bit. Now it gets yeah. a little bit dicier yeah. from that from that standpoint. Now, whether you have a difference of three draft spots in the third round versus having three draft spots in the first round, those are two totally different things. Can you go but, to the Dolphins right now and say, give us a two and we'll sit Watson for the rest okay. of the season? Yeah. So, oh boy, that's a, that's a great one. That's a great one. So, here's, here's one of my others. In the NBA, you can protect the first-round pick. Yeah. Can you protect it? I don't. You can't do that in the NFL. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. I don't know if you can do it. But Why couldn't man, you? Why can't you stipulate? I don't know. But here's the thing, Mark. If you did have, say, the number four or number five pick this year, oh, God. and you know there's going to be a team that wants a quarterback, and like, hey, man, we'll give you a one. I mean, that's that's where. I mean, how how did the Tennessee Titans get start to kind of turn the corner when they had Mariota? Then. They ended up getting the first round pick, and then the Rams traded with them. The Titans get a you know pile of picks, and who did they pick amongst that pile of picks? Derrick Henry oh. was in those picks that they got from Mariota. And I'm not saying that you know you really want to throw a season, but if you've got a quarterback and you end up in the top five, you're golden, especially in a draft that's got quarterbacks and teams with quarterback needs, and you've got three or four of them, so. You could move out of whatever spot. That, to me, would be the more interesting question. If you had a first-rounder, then would you sit Deshaun? Then it would be vi- – then you'd – oh, boy. Then my answer, I don't know what it would be. So, thank God I don't – well, I don't want to say that because I would love to have a first-round pick. Um, mm. But it would be – the answer to that question is a whole lot easier now. It's like, yeah, there's not – win or lose. I mean, losing doesn't help you in any way, shape, or form. But you win a game, you get a little confidence like, hey – you know, let's finish this thing strong. Let's get three W's, get to seven and nine, and, and feel good about how we finished with a new GM and a new head coach coming in and kind of round this thing back where it should be in 2021 and beyond. All right, we have one more segment. Johnny, hang out one more? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's rock. All right, so we'll go around the league. Raiders tonight, and PFT had this question up on their headlines. Does John Gruden get judged by a different standard? 
We'll debate that just for a second. And I've got one scenario where I might sit Watson if this were to come into play, and I'll tell you what that is. It's Texans Radio. Don't miss a single thing on your favorite team. Follow us on Twitter at Houston Texans. This is Texans Radio. Today tastes like game day at home. Like assigned couch seating. (laughs) Tastes like coffee table dining. And an ice cold Coke to cool down the heat. It tastes like the game you've waited for all week with friends you've known your whole life. (laughs) Today tastes like watching football is supposed to. And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better. The Houston Texans scratch ticket from the Texas Lottery is your ticket for a chance to win up to $100,000. And it's your opportunity to enter promotional drawings for a chance to win an away game trip on a private plane, VIP season tickets, luxury suite tickets to a home game, and more. So get your Houston Texans scratch ticket today. Houston NFL Holdings LP. All rights reserved. For detailed game odds and information, visit txlottery.org or call 800-375-6886. Must be 18 or older to purchase a ticket or enter a promotional second chance drawing. Play responsibly. Welcome to Texans All Access. We are brought to you by Miller Lite. During this time of social distancing, cheering on the Texans over a beer might look a little different today. As the original light beer, Miller Lite has always been there to bring people together through Miller time. Whether you're toasting the friends near or far, great taste is always close by. Miller Lite, championship partner of the Houston Texans. Great taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. However, you and your friends are enjoying Miller time this season. You can have the original light beer delivered by going to MillerLite.com slash buy beer online and find the delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Now, here's the show. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points, Saturday nights at 10.30 or after the late local news on ABC 13. All right, getting some questions about what I was talking about regarding the Titans and the Colts gunning for the division title. They're both tied atop the AFC South, 9-4. and But in the division, the Titans are 4-1 and and the Colts are 2-2. and If the Colts drop to 2-3 and in the division, they'll be 9-5 and overall. That's pretty. And they'll be a wild card team in all likelihood. But the Titans... With a win this weekend, they can't affect their division standings as they're done with all their division games except for the Texans in the regular season finale. Uh, so they'll stay at 4-1, and one, and they can do no worse than 4-2 and two in the division. The Colts would already have three losses, so you got them there. So they win the tiebreaker. That's the first one. And, look, they both have tough games next week especially. Uh, But we'll see how it all plays out for them. The Titans have Detroit this week, and that's no gimme. That's no layup. That's no one-foot putt at their – oh, you're not buying it, are you? All right. It's – I mean, I will say, I mean, the Lions center Frank Ragnow was playing with a fractured throat last week. So, you know, they're tough. They're playing Mm -hmm. hard. Mm -hmm. And I do think that – I do think with a guy like Matt Patricia being out of the building, I think they have enjoyed playing for Daryl Bevel, to be honest. Uh-huh. I think they've played hard. Um, they they played hard in that game against the Bears, uh, the one the week before we played. And I watched that game. And I'm like, man, how did they win this game? But the Bears jumped out early, and they just kept seeing the Lions kind of keep coming back, keep coming back. And they won that game. And just to see the excitement they had on the sideline 
I was like, man, they're playing hard for Daryl Bevel. And I don't think Daryl ended up getting the job, but uh, mm-hmm. I did find it interesting that the Lions were playing hard for he him. He was a hot candidate for a while, though. Yeah. You know, it's funny because yeah. well, he's with Seattle. Yep. Whatever happened to Jim Bob Cooter? He was a piping hot candidate <laughs> for a while. He was Jim Bob Cooter. Somebody was going to have a guy named Jim <laughs> Bob Cooter as their head coach, and it That's never happened. Missed opportunity. Yeah, because uh, I forget where he is now, Johnny. I, I feel like we just right. saw him uh-huh. somewhere, and he's with the Jets. Good luck with that. Okay, not no, working not. out very well. He is. He is. He's with the Jets. Oh, where mm. good coaches go to die. Well, kind of. Well, at, um, look, Adam Gase, here's the thing. When we talk about hot assistant coaches, guys who have, you know, their their stock is so high. And, look, Eric Bieniemy might turn out to be Vince Lombardi. I don't know. But once upon a time, Adam Gase was the hottest assistant coach yeah, in the market. He was, he was. He was. Got the Dolphins job. Got them to one playoffs. That was it. Got the Jets job. Ran them into the ground even deeper than they ever were. You know? All right. Here's the deal. I look, the only way I would entertain sitting Deshaun, if he wasn't healthy, if Deshaun wasn't healthy, like if he had some kind of injury and he was like toughing it out, like you know, I wouldn't put him on a bus to go to Indy and play this game, in other words. <laughs> the other yeah, one would be this. If you had a young quarterback you wanted to have a look at, you know, yeah, true. if you had an under contract protected, because McCarron's not under contract next year, who knows what's going to happen with him, but he is not protected. So I don't know how you're going to handle that. All right, so, Johnny, final thoughts. Tomorrow night's show, what do you got? Well, we're going to have Matt Taylor on. You caught up with him, and, and I really like Matt. I mean, we got to know Matt when he was um, he was down on the sidelines doing sideline reporting, and he took over for Bob Lamey. He's done a really nice job. So, uh, we'll have Matt Taylor. I always do my keys to the game, mm-hmm. and I know that there is one person in particular who always listens to that segment, that's Jamie Roots. I know he's listening, so I've got to knock that one out of the park. We'll have that. I give all my predictions um, and I know that DP caught up with I, – I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I know DP caught up with a player this week, so we'll have the Deep Slant one-on-one of the week, which is always a fun, fun interview for sure. Johnny, thank you as always. Brandon, thank you for producing. That's Texans All Access tomorrow night at 6. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Hey, parents and teachers. We know teaching kids at home can be hard, and teaching math can be even harder. Well, Schlumberger and the Houston Texans are here to make math fun with the Texans Stats Challenge. Get your student in the game with worksheets, videos, tips, and more to make math fun using the game of football, all for free. The Stats Challenge, presented by Schlumberger, is designed for sixth-grade students and covers a variety of math topics. Find the Stats Challenge and other great resources as we continue to huddle at home at HoustonTexans.com community. Texans All Access, let's gear up with some Papa John's picks for $6. That's right, a variety of items for only $6 each. The Vander Kids are going to love this. Meatballs, chicken poppers, garlic knots, breadsticks, whatever you want. $6 each. Papa John's no contact delivery available. Papa John's Houston. Houston owned and operated for 25 years. Order online at PapaJohns.com or on the app.